Hot Eyes. Sobbing. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and crush any lingering hopes you have that they're any good. This is DJ. This is Damon. What's going on? Hello, TJ. How are you? I'm good. Good. It The holiday season uh, is upon us. The snow on the ground. You know, I've just got parcels. Got, I've just got parcels in my arms got rosy all the cheeks. time. Uh, just rosy cheeks and just everybody's singing fa la 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 la. I've got seasonal affective disorder. It gets dark at three p.m. <laughs> um, so today, because of the holiday season, we're going to begin our, uh, our holiday season. Uh, continue our holiday season, I should say. Well, let's not mince words here. We mean Christmas. Well, we just did, you know, we did some Thanksgiving stuff, and now we're going to do... All non-Christians, turn off this podcast just immediately. don't even listen to it. Although it is pretty, uh, well, no, I guess it is pretty religious, this one. This is Home Alone that we're talking about. <laughs> also known as the Christ story. Well, they do, there's some time in a church. Home Alone colon, the passion of the Christ. There's a nativity scene. <laughs> there's the... In that he ducks in no, an activity Yeah, scene. exactly. To escape criminals. Right. He is like the prodigal son, except for he didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. family did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sacrificed himself for our sins. Kevin McAllister, the Messiah. So is his neighbor Jesus, maybe? Because doesn't the neighbor save him in this one? No, I think his neighbor would be the father. Kevin McAllister would be the son. And I think, uh, you know... Catherine O'Hare is the Holy Ghost. Catherine O'Hare is the Holy Ghost. Or um, Uncle Frank. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Home Alone, do you have, like, specific memories? I do. We were living in Texas at the time. I'm just going to launch into it. Yeah, we were living in Texas at the time. And I remember the hype, at least amongst us second and third graders, yeah. being at a fever pitch. Yes, this was huge. For Home Alone. Right. Um, I think mostly because the protagonist was about our age. Yeah. And um, it looked like it had cartoony violence in it. Right. So I think a lot of my peers... Spoiler, it does. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of my peers were very excited for it. And so Plus he I loves felt, Joe Pesci in oh, earlier man. work in Goodfellas. Goodfellas? Yeah. Eight-year-old Damon fucking loved <laughs> Goodfellas. And I love the voiceover work in The Wonder Years. So, of course, I'm a big Daniel Stern sure. fan. Yeah. So sign me fucking up. <laughs> SCTV, love you, Catherine O'Hara. Uh-huh. Another favorite of eight-year-old Damon. Um... So played to your strengths, so to yeah, speak. exactly. <laughs> Goodfellas, Canadian comedy, and voiceover work. Uh, so I was very excited to see this because I felt like just a general air of excitement among yeah. my peers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't want to like poo-poo them. Like, oh, I didn't really want to. I just sort of went with the flow. I was excited. Yeah, to see yeah, yeah. It. Um, but I think that excitement was based a large part on my peers being excited. And I went to see it, I think, fairly close. I can't say for sure, but fairly close to opening night. I think I convinced my parents that we should all go have a movie night, which was a that's a big lobbying sell in the yeah. Xanthopoloi household because we got to <laughs> like, like for F- Phyllis Get Anthopoulos. One a year. Phyllis Anthopoulos will see movies that if they A, star Harrison Ford, B, really? star Sean Connery, or C, Star Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. 
So it's a hard sell to get her to see anything that's, that's not those. Very interesting. And Sean Connery retired, so we're running at a <laughs> huge deficit here. But every time. You know, around this time of year when Finding Forrester comes back out. <laughs> when it's released you guys would theaters. pile in the minivan. The holiday classic <laughs> Finding Forrester. You're the man uh, now, dog. You're the man now, dog. So you went to see it in the movie theater? Uh, yes. Yeah. In Texas at the time, which was the early 90s. So Texas at the time was just like barren fields and then all of a sudden like a subdivision. Barren Fields, all of a sudden, shopping center. Right. Because it was up and coming, but it was also a huge fucking state. We can't just fill it all with shopping centers. Give us a minute. Um, So I remember driving through a barren field. Boom. Movie theater. Right. So we got there. Like an oasis on the horizon. Right. And I remember going, and I remember the theater being in a ruckus. Like, everyone laughing hysterically. But I remember me, like, sort of fake laughing along with it just sort of like (laughs) face the paint cans hit them in the face (laughs) oh he stepped with his bare feet on those sharp glass ornaments (laughs) i remember really like trying to fake laugh like thinking i'm just gonna catch on sooner or later right right i remember Leaving the theater and being like, I didn't laugh as much as everyone else laughed. <laughs> was I not? What Did I miss something? Uh, I wasn't to my hipster point yet, so I wasn't like, peasants laughing was, at everything. I really liked John or Chris Columbus's student films. <laughs> I really liked the original script to Gremlins where they actually destroy the whole town. <laughs> True story. Um, so, I mean, I remember f- sort of feeling weirdly disappointed, but also feeling like I've missed something. There's obviously the crowd gets something that I don't. I remember liking this movie a lot, but I don't remember thinking it was particularly funny. Like, I, I don't, I've never been a big, like, physical comedy. Is Like, it can be really funny, but it's not, like, my favorite kind of comedy. And so, even when I was little, I, did, I, like, I don't remember being, like, really into that aspect of it but i do remember quoting the movie a lot and i remember liking it and like uh i wanna i got first place in a math competition in fourth grade and i did the you know when he like you always bring that up every episode you bring up that fucking math competition well it was when i peaked um (laughs) in fourth grade and uh when that or you know when would that have been what grade was was this 1998 years old that's like yeah, third grade, something like that. But I got and I did the the Kevin McAllister when he like kneels down and goes yeah. yes. I did that like in the gymnasium. Or there's a lot of those moments in it. And there's the you know like keep the change, you filthy animal, and the uh, you guys give up, you're thirsty for more. The like um, mouthing off, they're like uh, lip syncing to White Christmas, the Drifter, and then of course the. Right, which I don't, I, we didn't really do that, but still, <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't you didn't put like a aftershave, aftershave on your no, cheeks no. and just scream in the mirror for a good solid ten seconds. I didn't. Odd. I know. I wasn't that lost cool. childhood. It wasn't that cool. Um, I don't think this is going to be. One, this is just a guess, of course. I don't think this is going to be one where we didn't get it when we were little, and all of a sudden it made like. Well, the weird thing is, I felt still there was. I still had it on videotape, like yeah. taped off of HBO. Yeah, and I still watched it for several years after. I don't think I've seen it for ten years at least. Yeah, but I remember still trying to watch it, 
And I think I got more into the old man story than I ever did the the mayhem and violence. The old man story? The old man who lives next door, who has the urban legend oh, about Oh, yeah, yeah. Hot Eyes Town. I, and I still guarantee you, Damon will get Hot Eyes. <laughs> but I, I think the violence is very much in the... I mean, it's not Three the same Stooges as... Three Stooges kind of... Well, like, it's, it's not in the Uncanny Valley, but it's like... It's one thing to watch Wile E. Coyote get hit in the face several times and watch him turn into an accordion or having his face pushed off or having Daffy Duck's bill like spin around his head. It's another thing to see human being Joe Pesci get bashed in the face with a full paint can. Or his fire. Right, and have his head catch on fire. Like There's a certain point where it's like, no, he's a real person and I know what it's like to step on glass. So, uh, hey, how about you back off for a minute? Yeah. They're trying to rob a house, not murder anyone. Yeah. I feel like I feel like in later years that sort of dawned on me like, I don't know if the punishment fits the crime here. <laughs> Although they do he does they do keep trying even after. Well they do keep trying and then they, eventually at the end, after though, after yeah. he's tried to instill all these yeah. punishments, they do want to physically harm him. But they really just wanted to steal some belongings from a pretty primo Chicago real estate spot. Yeah. I do want to uh, examine more closely as an adult movie watcher how exactly they left him. I know that they count the family left him. Like they count, uh, they count uh, a neighbor kid on accident. I remember that. But then why didn't they immediately come back? Like on the plane, they didn't notice. I know there was a lot of kids involved, but well, there's some think, neglect definitely happening. I think there's there. also a uh, BuzzFeed I know around ho- ho- uh, around the holidays will. Post a thing like something you didn't notice about Home Alone that will fucking blow your mind or something like that, yeah. and it's seven things in when about they, Kevin when McAllister they... <laughs> that you want to <laughs> masturbate to tonight. Macaulay Culkin, then and now, and how it ties into ISIS. <laughs> um, I think there's a scene at the very beginning when they're having that pizza party the day before they leave. Someone spills Pepsi or whatever, and they yeah. wipe down a counter. If you st- and I've only learned this from BuzzFeed. I haven't actually watched the movie since BuzzFeed started doing this. But if you watch the scene, you'll see that Kevin's ticket, plane ticket, gets uh, thrown in the garbage. Yeah. So there's also that second checkpoint where they'd be like, here's all the tickets we have. Why do I still have Kevin's ticket still yeah. in my hand? That also goes by the wayside. It's- now still, I feel like any parent with their worth their salt, and I'm not poo-pooing Catherine O'Hara or... Yeah. Actor Bob. Um, who plays Father, um, but Robert, but Kennedy, uh, Robert Kennedy, <laughs> Bobby Kennedy, just before he's shot by Sirhan Sirhan, oh. put mm. in a touching performance as Mr. McAllister yeah. in Home Alone, yeah. then went back in time to 1968 to get shot. Um, so um, there's got to. I will a- say I do remember there being a shit ton of kids. Yeah, there's cousins and yeah. crazy stuff, and I, I don't remember exactly why they're. And I all feel like maybe, and but- I feel like there's also a lot of other parents, so maybe they were all relying on the other parents to be keeping track. Right, beekeeping. And I'm not a parent, so I can't say for sure, like, oh, of course I would notice if my son was missing when my brother and my brother's wife and my other, my sister and her husband and they're all their fucking kids are all in a mix and we have to rent a giant fucking van to seat 14 people that I would definitely notice if my son well, was gone. I'm not a parent, but I feel totally comfortable judging other people's parenting. <laughs> Especially so. fictitious characters. Yeah, so we'll be watching Catherine O'Hara. That's all I'm saying. She was our secret MVP. 
MVP for Beetlejuice, so yes. I'm excited to see what she does here. I know she doesn't have a, as much to do in this one. No, I think this is a classic, I call it Judy Greer syndrome, where you have a yeah. funny woman and Just you give her nothing to do. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, Except for say, Kevin! Kevin! Uh, I'm excited to see what she does there and, and if she sort of gets stuck in that funny woman with nothing to do. Well, let's go find out. And we are back. Yes, we We're are back. back. We watched Home Alone. Uh, maybe you did too. Well, if you didn't, we'll give you a quick recap. Damon, take it away. I'd be glad to. In the Chicago suburbs, there's a house. <laughs> nice. Uh, which is not, as we were watching, it is not the house from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but it's in the same neo-colonial style. I'm not convinced. And uh, in, inside, there's just, just all these kids running around. There's a cop. Played by Joe Pesci. Hold on. What? Wait for it. No, 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 no. I know what you're thinking. Twins? No. Stay no. with me. No. Joe Pesci wearing cop uniform, and he's yelling to all the kids as they go by. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. Chaos. Uh, and he's like, oh, there's, no, there's no parents here. Why are there only kids? I'm just, uh, I'm standing here. I'm Joe Pesci. <laughs> um, and then uh, a very, um, you know, a, a, a pizza delivery boy arrives. Yes. He's going to be coming out to his parents this week. So it's just, almost time for him yeah. to he was very, get up the gumption and come out to his parents. He was very like Chris Columbus was like, just a little more butch. If he, he could just butch it up a little. And he's like, this is as butch as I can do. That's he's at the, the stage where he probably came out to his brother maybe already. Right. Well, or like his best girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Not Chris, to his bro- it depends on his brother. Does he have a buzz like brother? Christy knows. Oh. Christy fucking knows. Yeah. But she didn't need him to tell her either. Right. <laughs> Christy's not fucking blind. Anyway. Amber doesn't get it, though. Okay, we've now... He re- doesn't want you! We've made it like two minutes into the movie. Maybe let's wrap <laughs> it up a little bit here. So, uh, the kid has a bunch of pizzas. Joe Pesci's like, hey, I don't live here. You gotta find something else. I'm Joe Pesci. And eventually, the point is is that they he talks to the owner of the house, Mr. McAllister. Mm-hmm. Who's upstairs packing at the time? Oh, I'm all over the place. The point is, these people are going to Paris yeah. tomorrow, and they've got not only do they have do they have five kids, including they uh, have their own five kids, yeah, including, Roman Catholics or something. I don't know, including Kevin McAllister, and then they also have the uncle, the uh, uncle the hus- Frank, the dad's brother, and his wife and Lillian, their, their kids, and Lillian, then, who by the way is if you literally took Leslie, every aunt, aunt oh Leslie. yes, yeah. If you took every aunt in America and just averaged them out, yeah. she is that being. She is the regression to she's, the mean of she's aunts. Everyone's aunt. Yeah. Um, anyway, so all the th- this extended family is at the McAllister home because they're flying out to Paris the next day. Where the other brother, the other uncle of Kevin lives. Right, who lives in Paris. Yeah. Um, Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, is being a really bratty 8-year-old. Yeah. As 8-year-olds are wont to do um he's left all his micro machines out and we find out that he's been making ornaments with his dad's new fish hooks Doesn't he's know being a pack. real prick to his his mom his mom says go pack your suitcase he freaks out because he's eight years old he doesn't know how to pack a bag so he goes to visit his brother buzz who is also every big brother in america yeah uh he who keeps a he who keeps a pet tarantula <laughs> buzz of the tarantula people um 
Buzz is hanging out with his room with one of his cousins, mm-hmm. who kind of looks like an older version of the youngest kid from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. But he's not that kid. No. Um, they're hanging out in his room. They're talking about girls in Paris. Do they not shave their pits? What's up with that? They talk about the legend of the scary neighbor. Well, yeah, they, they look the out the window. Old Man Marley. Yeah. This was ridiculous. <laughs> but Old Man Marley is this scrawny old man who's salting the sidewalk in front of his house. And Buzz says... They murdered. He killed a bunch of people yeah. on the block, killed his whole family, killed everyone on the block. Keeps their bodies in the salt trash can. And when he puts it out on the sidewalk, the, the salt... I was with him at that point. I'm like, that yeah. seems like a standard urban legend. Yeah. And he's like, but then the salt... Turns into night, mummies. Turns into... Bo- well, I like it because he phrases it like this. Turns into bodies. Turns into mummies. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, yeah. does what? No, it turns the bodies into mummies. So, so the mummification is from the rock salt. From the salt, yeah, yeah. Everybody know every Egyptians, Egyptologist knows Egyptians, that. Egyptians, you're wasting so much time. Just put them in salt. It's full of corn anyway. There were no mummies. <laughs> um, okay, so they decide, or no, they they're all having dinner together. They finally having the, the, pizza. the pizza, and uh, um, Kevin gets really mad at Buzz because Buzz is giving him a hard time because uh, they ate all his cheese pizza. He's just yeah. being a dickhead older brother. True. But then Kevin freaks out and like tries to tackle him and then knocks all the milk all over everywhere. Uh, and it gets on the tickets and passports. We can confirm BuzzFeed's reporting. It does. It they, does get on Kevin's They ticket. do throw away his uh, um, ticket. And it gets all over the passports. Um, yeah. So they get all jumbled up. They might yeah. have thrown his passport away, but I didn't see that. Definitely yeah, that's t- a missing link. Answer my letters, Chris Columbus. What happened to that passport? <laughs> Definitely threw away his ticket, and uh, there was just kind of like a wad of things. So it yeah. might have. Um, and then they're really mad at Kevin. You know, like, Kevin, that's where you look what you did, you little jerk. Which is a bit strong, uncle. Well, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he's not. <laughs> um, so they, uh, everybody's mad at Kevin, and then uh, Catherine O'Hare takes Kevin upstairs to the third floor, the attic bedroom. To eat with no, to, not to eat, to, to go to bed without any dinner. Yeah. Because he's being such a prick. And he says, I'm tired of this family. I want to live alone. He's saying all this stuff. Yeah. He wishes he didn't have a family. And Catherine O'Hara pulls a perfect Phyllis Anthopoulos guilt trip. <laughs> and she's like, I really hope you don't mean that. You'd be very sad one day if you woke up and you didn't have a family. Be like, nope. And yeah, and you got to stick to your guns, which yeah. is a classic Damon's Anthopoulos movie. Sure. No. Yeah. And uh, I wish you were all dead. <laughs> So he is kind of banished up to the room, and then he was supposed to sleep with his uh, cousin. Fuller, yeah. Not sleep with in the sexual way, but supposed to share a bed you with his cousin. You read a lot into this Fuller, movie. Fuller, played by a young Kieran Culkin, mm-hmm. little brother of Macaulay Culkin, um, who turned out to be a much better actor um, <laughs> <laughs> over time. Ouch! Ooh, sorry, Culkins. Um, and... But he was like, oh, no, Fuller wets the bed. And right. uh, so she said, okay, well, fine. He'll sleep somewhere else. So he's up there by himself. And that's well, what, the first thing that happens. Well, second thing second after, thing the, after ticket. the ticket that happens that why this is kind of falling into place. Um, second thing is all up the, in the attic all alone. Yeah. Third thing. The gods look down on Kevin McAllister and say, yeah. we got you. So, yeah, while he's going to bed, again, just to reinforce, he kind of has, like, some inner monologue where he says, like, I wish they would all just go away or something like yeah, that. Yeah, very unnecessary, but and yes. The, they Like, the wind whips up, and uh, I asked Damon while we were watching, like, it, are we to believe that this actually is a mystical some thing? Sort of Kabbalah it, thing? But what happens happened? is uh, um, the wind whips up, and there's a storm, kind of a windstorm that comes through, and it knocks a tree branch onto a transformer, which blows all the power. 
And so in the morning, when uh, the kind of courier service is going to take them to the, the entire family to the airport shows up, they're all still sleeping. Right. And uh, so they all wake up in a panic. We always we lie. And you get that, that really frantic Home Alone music that yes. comes on. And so that's part uh, another thing that happens that, uh, in this uh, part three, I guess. Four? We have four, four well, I'm, I'm going up to four. Okay. I'm moving on. Four. Little kid Murphy from across the street comes yes. over and he starts talking to the courier guys yeah. who are like, get out of here, kid. I'm just trying to load the thing. Yeah. And then he gets, he's like, how much gas mileage does this fan get? He's like, look, kid, what does he do? You bother me. Yeah. <laughs> so that kid's in there going through their stuff when the, all the kids come out and the, uh, the, uh, eldest cousin is supposed to do a head they count. count. Yeah. She counts. That other kid who's around Kevin's age. Because he's turned around digging through yeah. a bag. So, so she doesn't she see his head, him. she just counts him. And he does look like Kevin. Like, he's got the same like same age and kind of small kid. And uh, so, yeah, she counts him instead. And she's like, yep, all the kids are accounted for when they get... And then they drive away and go to the airport. And then they run. They're, yeah, they run through the airport. To Chuck Berry's Run Run Rudolph. Yeah, and they... Um, they check in and they make the flight just barely in a pre nine eleven world. Yes, oh, yes, the jetway is closed, but please come on no, through. No, come on in, running family. Of course, come on through. Uh, and then we see we cut to Kevin McAllister waking up with his cute little bedhead. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, yeah, he's been left alone. One thing I will say, not to interrupt, but yeah. I had forgotten how fucking adorable Macaulay Culkin was. He's a cute little kid. Like he's yeah. adorable. Yeah, he's really his little cute. bedhead. He's got natty pajamas. He's very yeah. well dressed little mm-hmm. kid. Um. And so he wakes up and he doesn't see anybody around. So he's like, "Oh, there's What's another thing on? we forgot. Oh, it's a- the parents are flying first class while the kids are in coach. Yeah, so they are not. So they're in the not same- in sight, right? And uh, first class seats used to be twice as wide. It turns out from this, yeah, they were just actually beds. Yeah, <laughs> they were craftmatic adjustable beds in the in the airplane. So yeah, so the, they don't have visual. Uh, contact with any of the other kids. Um, what I'm saying is, Catherine O'Hara is a good parent, y'all. She's okay. I'm, I mean, uh, we'll get to the review later, but they did a lot to cover, like, cover how her could, ass. How could this? They did a lot happen? to cover her ass. I'll tell you that they wanted her to make her a sympathetic character and, and right. not just like a monster. So, um, <laughs> so they. Um, in Kevin the original gets up. script, she shoots him in the leg, and that's why he doesn't get to the plane in time. I think that would have been made for a better movie. Drag yourself. It was a prequel to Saul, it turns out. <laughs> Kevin is at home, and he looks around, doesn't see anybody, and he thinks he is magically... Because their cars are still there, he doesn't realize that they weren't going to get picked yeah. up by a service. So he's like, oh my god, I made my family disappear. And then he thinks back to how badly they treated him the night before, yeah. and he's like, oh yeah, this is fucking awesome. And he awesome. does that thing where I feel like there should have been a cartoon sound. He raises his eyebrows over and over again and should like... And then he starts uh, immediately jumping on the bed with his shoes and eating right. popcorn. Running around, waving his arms about, which is apparently a Chris Columbus favorite. Is like, hey, if you're going to be running, uh, make sure you just wave your arms around like an automotive dealership inflatable man. Like Kermit the Frog. It's very, it's, yes, very, it's very Kermit yeah. the Frog. Or, or Woody running yes. in the Toy Story movies. Yes. Just yeah. limbs and elbows yeah. just going for it. All akimbo. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, let's see what happens next. They, uh, the, so, I mean, then it's sort of just a wish fulfillment thing for Kevin. Yeah, he's eating ice cream and watching. Oh, so his, his uncle wouldn't let him watch this filthy movie earlier, which is just this old right. black and white, uh, like a really violent, uh, old kind of old no- gangster noir, movie. film yeah. noir kind of thing, and eating ice cream by the the fistful. And this movie is like the only movie he'll watch, which is actually a very eight-year-old thing to do. <laughs> uh, although maybe not a black and white movie, but like 
to have one thing that you just watch over and over. Right. And he keeps, during this period of the movie, he keeps shouting to his family, which I guess he assumes is missing, is, yeah. uh, hey, mom, I'm watching, I'm eating garbage and washing rubbish. You better yeah. come out and get get me or whatever. And that's the point, too, where he goes through buzzes things, not interested in the Playboy. He does take his money, so that's how he has pays for things later. Right. And then he accidentally... Knocks over the tarantula. Knocks over an entire wall of shelves and lets the tarantula loose, although he doesn't see it. Right. Um, Giving us... Chekhov's tarantula. Chekhov's tarantula, classic literary <laughs> thing. Um, so, okay, let's see. And then eventually... Well, eventually, yeah, Catherine O'Hara is on the, the plane, and she's sort of like, I keep wait, I keep thinking, something. Yeah. I've forgotten something. And she goes over it with John Hurd. In the beginning, I said I didn't know his name. Robert John Kennedy. John Hurd, ro- yeah. also known as Robert Kennedy. Yeah. Um, they're going over what they could have forgotten, and he's like, and she said, did you turn the oven off? Did you set up the, the automatic lights? Did you close the garage? She's like, that's it. I forgot to close the garage. And she's no. like, no, that's not it. And then she does the thing that was obviously filmed for trailers. Kevin! Yeah. Kevin! So she recalls, and then they're all like kind of consoling, all the adults are consoling them, and they're, mm-hmm. the pilot is trying, or the uh, stewardess comes back and says she's a flight attendant. Sorry, used to be. At this yeah, point, it would have been stewardess. Yeah, in, in 1992, it would have been stewardess. Um, so, and they said they're, the pilot is trying to, the captain's trying to call, but they uh, they can't get through. Because another thing that we didn't mention, um, another way they right. covered their tracks, um, because the transformer was blown, like, right as they were leaving, a utility worker uh, says, oh, hey, the power's back on, but the phone lines are going to be dead, and we're still working on it. It's going to take yeah. Ma Bell a while to get back. And she's like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. But that's why they can't get through to so many neighbors. Reasons. Yeah. They did. They covered their tracks fairly well. Um, I'll bring it up at the end. Kev, yeah, he, Kevin spends the next little bit just sort of like wish fulfillment. He goes to. He gets a toothbrush and then <laughs> runs. You know, he's like he's just you know every kid's wishes like going out and buying toothbrushes, <laughs> yeah. checking if they're ADA compliant. It's awesome. And then uh, he runs into the the scary neighbor there, old and man then, Marley, who you know, you know I I'm not here to judge people. Just based on their looks, like Kevin is. Right. But if you have a bloody hand, don't slam it down in front of an eight-year-old. That Especially because he was in line in front of you. Yeah. What, what were you trying to accomplish with that? And that then just weird. glare at him. So he runs away, and he's stolen the toothbrush, and they yeah. send uh, Zac Efron after him to... Now, come on. You I know mean. what Zac Efron looks like. No one's saying you're gay, <laughs> but that kid was not Zac Efron. <laughs> I just think of he looks like uh, you know sixty early sixties. You think of Zac Efron as man, so you're yeah. just like you know Zac Efron with the eyes and the hair, they're all the Zephron Caucasian to skin. Me. Yeah. Um, so he yeah they send the, Jimmy to go get him, like the gro- bagger boy after him, and, and, and then, then Jimmy gets a cop and who? just screams shoplifter. I'm like, you probably could have saved a lot on you know on your SAG money and just gotten the cop directly. <laughs> Had him be in the store. So, so then the cop chases after Kevin, and Kevin like runs onto an impromptu skating rink, and there's this like the weird thing where slides. he's sliding through people's legs, and the cop can't keep up. It did seem like that scene was directed by Macaulay Culkin, right? He's like, <laughs> "I got an idea. I'll slide through people's legs," and then the cops falling down and stuff, and there's like, like banana peels, and then like Cookie Monster comes out and he shakes my hand. They're like, "This movie is an an hour long. We need help, so <laughs> let's do it." We're sitting at 55 minutes. Let's <laughs> add some padding. So uh, he goes home and he feels guilty because he stole the toothbrush. And then, uh, so all this time we've got the, the, the criminals, uh, <laughs> Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, the Right, the Joe Pesci, bandits. we realize now, is not a cop. No, he was posing as a cop. He is a thief. 
So he a knows burglar. he knows that everybody on this block essentially is gone for the right. holidays, and so they're planning some uh, cat burglary. Um, but he has his eye on the McAllister house because it's the the biggest and looks like it has the most stuff that they want mm-hmm. in it. Um, and then as they go, well, at this point they they rob the other house too. They're um, they go to the Murphys first, yeah, across the street. Well, no, 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 no. They don't. They back into the McAllister house. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Macaulay hears them. Kevin McAllister hears them, and so he turns on all the lights and scares them away. Yeah. So the next day, we see them at the Murphy house, and the Murphys get a call from Mr. McAllister, Jack McAllister. <laughs> and he says, hey, it's Jack McAllister. Uh, you know, uh, we're just calling to see, uh, we're still in Paris, if you have something, something, the era, the country code's this, and uh, Marv overhears it, and he's like, wasn't that house the McAllister house? You're right, they're still in Paris. And so they're like, well, we'll hit it again not tonight, but later in but the movie. Some other time convenient to the plot. So then later that night, uh, Kevin McAllister orders a pizza. Yes. And the same effeminate pizza boy comes. He's not that bad, but it's no. also like, oh, he's going to come out well, eventually. He's, he's, all not that bad. he's all you've got in this movie. He's got a like scrawny him. blonde kid. I'll take it. Sure. Uh, otherwise, it's me and John Hurd or Buzz. <laughs> um, Wolf. Woof, indeed. Um, Kevin McAllister has, is one of it's the world's most precise fast forwarder and <laughs> hitting play. Uh, if He's anyone, a whiz with that VCR. I know remote, the kids yeah. may not be as familiar with the VCRs. Video it wasn't cassette really recorder. A precise method no. of rewinding and fast forwarding <laughs> and playing. Um, but the uh, pizza boy comes to the back door per a note on the front door and leaves the pizza down there and he uses this perfectly worded script from the gangster movie to have him, you know, have him interact with the character in the movie rather than let on that he's a kid. Right. Although I don't feel like it's a crime to have a kid open the no. door and hand someone money. It's fine. I don't think the teenager gives a shit. No. And he saw him earlier. He wouldn't, he knew that house was full of kids. Yeah, who cares? But anyway, so he, he it's a little prequel to what we get bef- later um, with the criminals, but he uses the, the, the kind of machine gun scene where like in the right. movie in, in the, the movie, movie someone gets shot with a machine gun to scare everyone away yeah it kind of scares the pizza boy away right um whatever so uh meanwhile we do we do have the parents still trying to get home um uh Catherine O'Hara, mrs McAllister, uh you desperately you call to her get, mrs McAllister, trying to get a flight they finally get uh to paris and they're like kicking french people off of the phone and trying to yeah. uh uh, get a hold of neighbors and stuff. They've been calling. They can't get a hold of anybody because the phone lines are all down or nobody's home. And then um, she finally like uh, u- utilizes her uh, um, kind of negotiating and and sympathy to get on a plane. Back, oh yeah, sure. Back to to the United <laughs> States, not to where she needs to go, not to Chicago. She but she sells her close jewelry by. and like gives five hundred dollars cash to this old couple to get on a flight back to. America, old couple, anywhere the, in New York, America. in which the husband is old that guy from planes, old trains, guy and from plane on the on the the thing. Yeah, oh my god, old um, guy from plane, old guy thing. from plane on plane, train, automo, <laughs> the um, only plane in plane, trains, and automobiles. It's true. Um, so, so they are trying to get back this whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, let's uh, let's skip forward a bit here because uh, we know what's going on here. So, so Marvin Harry, uh, they've robbed one. He's the place. robbers, yeah. I think we got our timeline off because they almost hit Kevin when he's coming back from having stolen quote quote the oh, that's toothbrush. Right. That's right. 
They almost hit him while they're pulling out of a driveway because we find out that Marv likes to, has a calling card, which is to plug up the drains in a house and uh, turn the water on. And that's their calling card. You've been hit by the wet bandits. So Harry is telling him what a stupid idea this is while they're pulling out of the driveway and they almost hit Kevin. And Kevin, uh, you know, apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, Sandy, don't visit kids and yeah Sandy don't visit funeral homes little buddy yeah uh and uh harry says you know you better watch where you're going not in a threatening way he's just like hey we almost watch out yeah we almost hit you and then he smiles and he sees the gold teeth which kevin took note of when he was at the house dressed as as a cop yeah and so that's how he knows he's not a real cop or he's not a real plumber anyway so uh Harry doesn't like that he looked at him weird when he sees the gold tooth. So he's like, let's follow this kid. And then when they're following him in the van, he's like, why is this kid acting so weird? Instead of just stopping there and and just watching watching where he goes. They're trying to watch what house he goes to. So then Kevin starts running. That's not music that played during this movie. Um, And uh, he ducks into a nativity scene in the... One of the most, I was about to say the most, but one of the most absurd parts of the movie. Yeah. He ducks into a nativity scene that has a spare tunic lying around. Yeah, so he dresses up uh, as a wise man. So he dresses yeah. up as one of the shepherds or wise men, and uh, Marv and Harry drive right by him. And I'm like, what is that tunic doing there? Yeah. Are they ramping up to a live nativity, and they just have one person doing it this year, and next year they'll <laughs> ramp up to two people doing the live nativity? And that guy just was on break. He's Mary- like, I'm just going to leave my tunic here. I'm going for a smoke mary you're up don't let anyone steal my crook while i'm away <laughs> so um, yeah so he hid in there in a weird like bugs bunny style trick yeah which i guess will almost count as foreshadowing for the bugs bunny style ending to this movie yeah but i don't want to give it that much credit <laughs> um what happens next then Catherine o'hara is in various airports yeah and she finally gets a hold of john candy well uh, let's not breeze past the king Oh, that's right. You have a conspiracy theory. Well, of course, also according to BuzzFeed and other nonsense on the internet, not only can jet airline fuel not have burned the two towers, but Elvis Presley has a cameo in Home Alone. In the scene where, uh, I believe she's in the Scranton airport. She's in Scranton, PA. She's in line. You can see two people behind her in line. There's a larger man, maybe in his 50s. Uh, with jet black hair and a beard Mm -hmm. waiting and people think that that's elvis because if you've faked your own uh overdose what you want to do then is get your sad card yourself get a sad (laughs) card and start doing background actor work he probably already had a sad card he was in movies he's they were they were originally he was going to be the next person in line he's like i can't do it can't do i it. can't do it too much put, attention put the i'm doing you a favor honey but i want you to be second in line in front of me thank you, thank you very much uh and she was like don't call me honey i don't care who you are and he's like what do you mean by that and she's like i know who you are and he's like oh my god <laughs> i shouldn't have taken up acting why I really, did i pick up acting i really like this fan fiction <laughs> there's a uh he looks more like Gerard Butler than Elvis to he me. Looks, you, hey, name a person. He looks more like that person than Elvis. <laughs> he does have the like the deep set eyes and the kind of he kind of had Elvis ish. He hair. had thick hair and he had the dick, deep, dick set eyes. Dick set eyes. 
What's on you know your how mind? when you're having sex with someone and you just you don't like poke the, their eyes out, but you just sort of nestle your penis yeah. in their eye sockets. Yeah. Dick set eyes. It feels That's good. Dick set eyes. It feels good. <laughs> I, so. just, I just like the warmth on the bottom part of my dick, but not anywhere else on my dick. Just so, that part. In that scene, we'll head. move on now. In that scene, <laughs> um, Priscilla, aka Catherine O'Hara, is. <laughs> Trying to get in, uh, John Candy's character is behind her. He's right. the polka king. Um, he's there with his band, his polka he's a, band. He's a, uh, a they polka. sold 623 copies of Polka Polka Polka. In Sheboygan. In Sheboygan. Just Sheboygan yeah. area. Um, and so he offers to, they have a rental car they're going to drive to uh, Milwaukee, which is, Chicago's on the way from Scranton to Milwaukee. So they offer to uh, give her a ride, which is... Very nice, and she's very... And we get um, a little SCTV reunion. Yeah. And so they're in the van, and uh, they're playing polka, and uh, John Candy really wants Catherine here to play clarinet. Yeah, and uh, she's like... And she does no. another very Phyllis thing. She's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's where we we leave uh, uh, her for a while, and then we're back to uh, the next attempt to break in by the... Uh, oh, wait. Well, Kevin McAllister goes shopping. We got that too. Yeah, he buys groceries in a very precocious scene. Yes, he he buys TV dinner. He fakes very grown up conversation. Oh, and I have a coupon for that. Yeah, he he's he. She buys. He she notices he's buying army man, and he's like for the kids. Right. It was also another scene where it was like this is just for the trailer, right? This is just yeah. sort of explain what's going on. Um, but she's like, "Where do you live?" And he's like, "I can't tell you that." She's like, why not? He's like, because you're, you're a stranger. stranger. Yeah. But they get, uh, he gets milk and he gets uh, fabric, fabric softener, softener and detergent, detergent and other things. Yeah. He picks it all up and of course he spills it all on the way home because they don't know how to pack bags at that grocery store. That's not I his fault. I was a courtesy clerk at Kroger and yeah. I could tell you that bag looked like trouble from the moment You're going to need to double bag those. Yeah. You're at least. At least, if not triple. I don't know why you didn't get a nice paper bag with a baguette on the top with right. some celery coming out. Beautiful. Greens. Beautiful. Um, so, but later that, that night we get the second attempt, or I guess third now. Well, then attempt. they're they're sure that it is empty. So yeah, they he, try to come back, mm-hmm. and then uh, he has a fake party to to deter them, which is pretty ingenious. Itself. Yeah. So for some reason, this this kind of touches on what does Mrs. McAllister do for a living? Yeah. There for some reason we saw earlier, as, and this is good foreshadowing. They did have all these mannequins, random mannequins in the house before. Right. There are mannequins in the basement, which makes the basement more creepy. But also, yeah. there's a body form for like you know making your own clothes right. in Mrs. McAllister's room. So I don't know if she just makes her own clothes or if she actually has some sort of She's some sort of business. designer, fashion designer. She does you know designing. Um, but there are, are a plethora of mannequins in this yeah. house. No matter what happens, there's a lot of mannequins. So, so he, he ingeniously used, yeah. sets that up to, so they look like they're dancing and then they have playing she, cards. She has a, uh, he has a little train set that he sets up with a, uh, a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan. So it looks like it's just kind of right. roaming around, which is Michael Jordan's best role to date in a movie. A lot less stiff than in the other movies. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, a lot better than in space jam. Um, and he's kind of, are you guys the- cartoon characters? <laughs> what? Huh? I'm a baseball player now. Wait, I got it. I know what we can do now. We can win the basketball game. So, Fuck uh, off space jam. They're <laughs> careful. I hate it. Um, people love it, but I hate it. So they're, uh, he's kind of pulling their strings and make him look like they're dancing. And, right. and they are like, what? There's a big party going <laughs> on. Let's get out of here. Which you brought up a good point. It's like, he didn't know when they were driving by. So he was just doing that for six hours. Six hours. He just had to keep doing <laughs> oh, it. Oh God. 
Uh, whenever it's dark, just be part. Chicago police found a dead kid. Must have died of exhaustion. Speaking from of police, dancing this is another th- thing where they kind of covered their tracks. They right. did get uh, Mrs. McAllister did get a hold of the police eventually within a kind of funny phone scene with some right. inept, inept police officers and child service people. And uh, eventually, they do send a patrolman over to kind of just check on him, but he doesn't answer the door because he's terrified because right. there have been robbers like trying to get in. Um, and so they're like, have them count their kids again. He's not here. Very right. thorough investigation. Yeah. House looks secure. So they did uh, kind of. Uh, the cops were sort of involved. So. I guess. Um, so then the 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 thieves are foiled again. They're yes. like, oh well, I guess this house is full again. Eventually, I, they they go during the day and it's and it oh, looks empty. So they're like, the- what? And so uh, Marv goes up this time uh, mm-hmm. and goes to the kitchen door. He's just kind of try to check what's going on. And Kevin does the movie trick again um, with the the gangster movie. This and time he just lets it play. And he puts firecrackers in a pot, so it sounds like when the machine gun goes off right. that it's actually, and it's timed with the machine gun, so it sounds like there's actual gunfire. Marv gets scared and dump, you know, runs over the trash cans and runs Convinced away. Convinced that someone beat them to the job, and now, you know. Yeah, and so they decide to stake out the house because if there is, uh, you know, some violent criminals in there, they want to see who they are just in case they can pin another crime on them or something. It was a little convoluted, but it made sense. They, if, yeah, it was like, like we got to get them to see. And then eventually, you know, Kevin comes out and he saws off the top of an evergreen tree. Another thing that will probably get him in trouble later yeah. with his parents. But he saws off the top of an evergreen tree to, uh, you know, use his Christmas tree. Yeah. And Harry creeps in and he sees him. And Kevin does something actually kind of smart. He's like, Dad, you want to come in here and help me? Yeah. And no one comes. And Harry's like, nah. He's alone. He's, He's home, home alone. alone. And then finally, the title card comes down for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's when the, the, the thieves realize. And this is where we get finally... You and I live together. We both we so we've been broken into. I mean, yes. not because we live together, we got right. broken into, yeah. but we have been robbed twice, yes. burgled, um, and it's amazing the length this movie goes to like make you know people who break into houses seem like masterminds. masterminds. Like they're just staking out houses for weeks on yeah. end to figure out which ones are the one we're going to break into. When do their Christmas lights come on so we can figure all this out? I've got a spreadsheet here that I filled out. Come on! We're going to make tens of dollars. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they walk a little bit away from the house. Kevin opens the window and overhears them like, we're going to come back tonight, maybe 9 o'clock, and we'll break in. Yeah. So now we know they'll be at the house, in movie terms, exactly at 9 o'clock. That's when we get the plan. Kevin gets to actually enact his master plan. The thing that was 80% of the trailers, he gets to enact his master plan of foiling these thieves. And he he has a whole blueprint of what he's going to put where in the house. Um, But then there's a lot of fussing about before it actually starts. Well, because he has to go... um, uh, He's wandering around the city. Like he sees yeah. that family celebrating Christmas, and that's when the the music really well, he gets stops crazy. By the, he stops by the church, and then he stops by the church. Yeah, <gasps> this is your scene. Go ahead. All right. So he goes in the church. They're singing "Oh Holy Night," and he sits down in a pew by himself. And then he looks over his shoulder, and <gasps> another like reaction shot from Macaulay Culkin. <gasps> uh, and uh, old man Marley is there, and he looks over, and old man Marley gets up from his seat, starts creeping over, and he says. Merry Christmas. <laughs> he smiles and, and then Kevin's immediately Kevin confused. Goes, huh? Yeah. 
And he's like, may I sit down? Okay, he's not Sam Elliott. <laughs> uh, he sits down and... Uh, you know, the old man, they have like a coming to come to Jesus moment where the man says, you know, I know there's a lot of stories about me, but none of it's true. And they start talking about family. Yeah. And uh, Kevin says that he's been a real brat recently and he feels bad. Um, then he wants his family back. I don't think he ever says explicitly what's going on, but yeah. you get the idea. He's like, he wants his family back. And, and the old man tells a story. Um about how the little redhead and the who's singing this is where it's actually a rehearsal for midnight mass tonight right um the little girl singing a redhead in the in the choir is singing and it's his granddaughter and he's not welcome to come to the proper service he and his son tonight. are estranged right they, he they and had his a son fight. are estranged they had a fight and uh he's scared to ever make amends because what if his son doesn't want to and kevin's like what if his oh. son doesn't ever want to see him oh buddy <laughs> and kevin's like Fucking call him, man. Yeah, fucking stop being a dick. So they give each other, they have a little advice. It's like, you're too, nice. aren't you too old to be scared? And you know what, DJ? You're never too old to be afraid. No. My favorite line of that whole thing exchange, though, is uh, he, uh, Kevin describes how he's scared of his basement. And he's like, there's a, there's all kinds of stuff down there and it smells weird. And he goes, mm. yeah, basements are like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I yeah. sometimes open my basement door and sometimes I just imagine, what if there's a guy in the darkness just staring back up at me? We just have a crawl space and... That even sounds creepier than basically. I just don't go down there. Don't so, do it. Yeah. You crawl down it? I mean, that's... You can stand sort of in it. Oh, but. is it like one of those unfinished basements where it's sort of just like a triangle, basically? Kind of, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so he so leaves that's there. when I get hot eyes. That's when I yeah, first get scene. my batting of my eyes to like, <gasps> get some of my eyes. But he's kind of... Now he has a friend. The neighbor's a friend. He's An a, ally. He realizes he's a good guy. And uh, he uh, is leaving the church. And as he's leaving the church, he, he hears the... Uh, church bells ring and he's like oh it's nine o'clock i gotta well i think it's technically eight eight o'clock eight o'clock because he's got to set up all his traps and so he runs and then he goes in his house and he's like i've got to defend my some this is my house i have to defend it that's what it is yeah and it's really great cheesy um Um, yeah so he sets up all his traps he's got his blueprint he puts his micro machines down he puts down little ornaments we don't necessarily see all the tricks and we don't necessarily see what you know, the what Rube Goldberg device yeah. is going to be. But, uh, you know, he's setting up these tricks. He microwaves uh, a macro... This is the real tragedy that I'm going to tell you. Yeah. He microwaves a macaroni and cheese dinner. He lights two... This is what bothers me. He lights two candles to go with his dinner. He says, you know, a little cute kid prayer. And, you know, he's about to bite into that macaroni and cheese. And then the clock strikes strikes nine. And strikes nine. Uh, he's, and he, you know, realizes this is it. And so he blows out the candles, and the macaroni and cheese is just sitting there. Just and, sits there. and fat fag Damon is like, "Are you not going to finish that macaroni and cheese?" So can I have that? Or... I, ha- I don't know if there's like some way like you can get that. Smell vision? Can you? Yeah. So the criminals arrive, and they, of course, the wet bandits. The wet bandits arrive, and you guys know what happened. This is all. Uh, yeah. Like this is the movie. This is this what everybody is remembers the about reason the movie, the movie was made. <laughs> Um, they go through all the booby traps. Of course, uh, let's just list them real quick. He uh, ices down the stairs. He puts... Uh, in both the back and front, he yeah. ices down the stairs. So Harry slips on... The, they both slip in the front, and then Harry tries to make it up front, and Marv goes down to the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once... Uh, he BB guns them in the head oh, yeah, and in right. the groins. That's right. That's the first thing that happens. Yeah. He, he BB guns uh, Harry in the groin, and then uh, Marv looks through, and he BB guns Through him the doggy the- door and gets shot in the head with a BB yeah. gun. So, so they, that's when they split up, and Harry yeah, goes to the front, right. slips on the ice. Marv goes to the basement door, slips down the stairs to the ice. Yeah. Um, then, then Harry burns his hand. 
yep, on the front doorknob, which has too- some sort of thing on it that makes it hot. Yeah, we don't Me know exactly what that is. Me and Tyler were watching it yeah. the other day, and he's like, so what is that? I'm like, you know, the thing that gets so super hook, hot. It's a hooky iron. You but know, yeah, that you would use for making doorknobs hot. Yeah, so he's... Uh, Ooh, I unbuttoned my shirt, actually. Touch the- <laughs> Excuse me. What kind of party is this? So Marv he- goes... Oh, sorry. Marv goes down to the yeah. basement, open, and it's unlocked, so he goes in. Marv has a funny scene, though, because the basement stairs you know, are outside. You can get to the basement from the outside. Yeah. So there's a stairs and a little concrete square where you know, you're know you surrounded by, by brick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he slips, and he finally like stabilizes himself by shooting out his legs to the side. So he just braces himself against the brick walls, and then the door is unlocked. He comes in, he tries to turn on a light, which is actually attached to a hot iron that comes down the laundry chute. Yeah. Hits him right it's like in the a, face. It's a pull string light light bulb, but when he pulls the string, it just pulls the the iron right on his face. Right, and then uh, Harry, uh, he's burned his hand, and then he yeah he uh, Raiders of the Lost Arks his hand. It's got an M for McAllister on yeah. it now. And then he goes to the... And it also tells you how long the this, this staff of Ra has to be to right. find the Well of the Souls. <laughs> so then he goes back around to the uh, back door again. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he he unlocks that and, are, and comes through and there's a blowtorch that the string yeah. is attached to the knob. So when he opens it, a blowtorch just... Lights the top, lights of, his the top head of his head on, on fire. fire, and he stays there for like seven seconds. Then he runs out, ducks his head in the snow. Then he comes back, kicks in the door. He's mad now. And he says, where are you, you little creep? Meanwhile... One of the most unrealistic things about this movie is that you have Joe Pesci in it, but it's PG, so he has to say things like, where are you, you little twerp? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, you fucking son of a bitch? Is that what you meant? <laughs> I will murder your family. When <laughs> right. They and get then he stabs home. him in the neck with a pen. Yeah. Um, There's a vice involved somewhere. <laughs> right. And an eyeball comes out of Kevin McAllister's head. Meanwhile, Marv's in the basement and he's start. You can you see that he's been climbing the stairs because there's tar on the stairs. Right. And That's he's left his shoes. And now we see him walking Each out of his Each time he socks. steps, he leaves one foot article behind. Yeah. And then now he's barefoot and he steps onto a nail that's been, that's pointed up uh, in the stairs and then Uh he falls all the way back down. Um, And I mean, that's, that nail went in from the way they shot it. I mean, it looked like it went in a good inch. So fiddle dee dee, that will require a tetanus shot. Uh, uh, so then he decides to go back up the stairs with by falling once again. One right. of the great, one of the funnier Whoop. shots was that he. You see him go out the basement door again. He closes it, so you just see a silhouette in the window, and you just see him fall down again. And <laughs> he ice. says, uh, "He goes upstairs and sees an open window." Now, keep in mind, he's barefoot. Mm. He gets in the open window. He slams his feet down on the floor, but. There were glass ornaments. His so little homemade on ornaments those. came yeah. in. Um, and so he, yeah, he's, ow, 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 and he falls down. Um, and then Harry uh, goes through, uh, like, the, the, the dining, dining room, room area, door, yeah. and there's saran wrap with glue on it. Sure. And it uh, sticks to his face, so he pulls that off, and then Kevin turns on a fan, which... Uh, uh, behind some feathers, which yeah, shoot shoots at feathers him. at him. Yeah. So he's tarred and feathered, and then he runs into... Glued and feathered, technically. Right. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Marv is tarred. He's feathered. And then they, uh, he runs into Marv, and he's like, why, why, why are you not wearing shoes? Why do you I'm look like... like a chicken? Yeah. Uh, and then they... Uh, 
And this is when the taunting begins, really. Um, Kevin beckons them upstairs. <coughs> Y'all's, you go, y'all. Y'all gonna go get me? <laughs> y'all give up? You thirsty for more? It is very Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, yeah. and the whole thing. And, uh, and they, then they fall for it. Like, they if slip, they're taunting you, don't follow them. They slip on micro-machines. They both fall. Right at the foot of the stairs. They fall. They... Mm-hmm. They get up and they they climb start climbing the stairs yeah. and then he, that's the paint cans he oh. releases you know assume assume full paint yeah. cans and uh, the first it's one like hits a it's a it's a stairs with a landing so yeah. the loft is right above where they would be walking up so when he throws the paint cans they come back down under and hit them in the face yeah Harry oh. ducks the first one but then and Marv gets it and then Harry uh, landing him right on top it kind of looks like they're having sex when they Whoa. land and then uh, that's where he loses his gold tooth yeah. Um, Anyway, they run upstairs after that, and he Kevin set up a tripwire, and that trips Harry, but then Marv grabs his leg. Kevin's also called the police at this point while they were, you yes. know, in their gay sex position. Uh, he's called the police, but he's given them the address the across the street and said his name is Murphy. Yeah. Then he jumps over the tripwire, which gets Harry, but Marv is able to uh, get over, and he grabs Kevin by the leg. But On the as stairs. Anton Chekhov could tell you, there is a tarantula on the attic stairs, which uh, Kevin puts on... Daniel Stern's face Where we escapes get a pretty hilarious scream, a pretty from solid Stern. scream from Daniel Stern. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, Kevin has a uh, a zip line essentially yeah. to his treehouse uh, to his treehouse that he zips across. The thieves eventually recover. They uh, try and follow him on hand on the rope. He cuts the rope. They slam into the back of the house. Meanwhile, he runs to the Murphys. Runs to the Murphys, which is now flooded with water in the basement. Yeah. And they're like, we're not going to follow him to the basement. We're going to go around the front. And they go around Caught the front. Him. So when he, yep, he comes out the basement stairs. There they are. They hang him on a hook. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they threaten to do everything he's done to them. But what's this? Old man Galoshes. winter. Old man winter is here and he slams them. These people who have been hit with paint cans, hit with <laughs> irons, had their hands burned off, their heads burned off, stepped on glass, get an aluminum snow shovel to the back of the head. Not out like lights. And then uh, Kevin goes home. The wet bandits are arrested. Oh, and even the, the police apparently asked no one, no neighbors yeah. what happened. Um, and then uh, the next morning, it's Christmas morning, Kevin wakes up and his mama comes home. And then and then Hot Eyes Part 2 for Damon Xanthopoulos. Yeah. And then immediately after that, his parents or the rest of his family walks in the door because they took the flight that uh, went she a little bit later. Yeah. She didn't want to take. So they uh, get home too. And then... Everything's great again, and then we end. We see the old the old man neighbor out in the back. Hot he's reconciled with his son. He's hugging his granddaughter. Everything's great. Yep. And then we get a yell from Buzz. What did you do to my room? Well, specifically, we get a yell from Buzz that says that like, belies his nationality, the actor's nationality, because we hear, "What did you do to my room?" <laughs> well, they're in Chicago. You yeah, that's this. that's possible. Yeah, sure. Credits. That's and Home Alone. So you got hot eyes. Did you love it? Is that? Uh, I, uh, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I feel like it's a mess of a movie. You think so? What, what here's, think? here's what I would say. Someone came up with the idea for act three of this movie. And then they were like, uh, what's the rest of the movie going to be? <laughs> Cause I just, especially this time watching it, having given a lot of time, I, I think I'd said in the intro, it's been about 10 years since I've seen it. Yeah. This is the first time I really noticed, like it's just sort of a lot of vignettes strung together. Um, sure. you get, I kind of like the parts where Kevin's being, uh, 
you know, sort of wish fulfillment. Like, right. what if you were a kid and you were eight years old and you could just sort of have the house to yourself? What would you do? And that was kind of cool. Like, sledding out the front door, even though, as uh, geometry could show, it's not possible <laughs> um, the way the house is set up that you gotta, got get from the steps to the front door. Um, I thought it was cool. And I thought the old man story was touching. Yeah. I like the Catherine O'Hara story and they were touching. I just don't feel like it came together in any like sensible way. And especially with the thieves part, I thought the thieves part before they get to their Wiley Coyote antics, um, was the weakest part because it was just sort of like trying to find a way that someone would know when their house was about to be robbed. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how can Kevin keep stumbling upon when they're about to rob his house? There was a little bit, I will say that there was a little bit of like, I feel like at some point this movie wasn't long enough and they had to add. I some definitely, scenes especially that shoplifting scene just seems like, I mean, shoehorned I had completely bit. deleted that scene from my brain. Like, yeah. it seems like, okay, we got the old man in here, but then it's like he steals that toothbrush. And then there's that shoplifter and this whole chase, and it's just like, is this doing? What, is he yeah. gonna get arrested? No, is nothing's gonna happen to him. And it's the nativity scene, this weird kind of scene. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the nativity runaway thing. It's just all this sort of stuff where it feels like the movie's just sort of spinning its wheels. And um, I think tonally, I mean, this movie is remembered for that last act, the right. you know yeah. the home invasion scene, of course, um, but. None of thing else in the movie matches that scene. It's just sort of this scene yeah, where no. people are falling and burning. And I, so we looked at an article where it shows a doctor analyzing what <laughs> these guys would be through. Like, these guys would be dead. He says at one point, and early on in the invasion, he says, at this point, Kevin McAllister has moved on from defending his home to malice. <laughs> um I mean, it just, it doesn't, I, I feel like if the movie were a little more madcap, maybe it would have been too much, but it just sort right. of like, where is this scene coming from? Otherwise, you've got a pretty heartfelt old man scene, which is maybe a little bit cliche, but it does get me. Yeah. Uh, the Catherine O'Hara stuff, which is really good. I know she's not funny, and I do think she does suffer a little bit of Judy Greer syndrome in yeah. this, where they hired a funny lady, and then she's she doesn't funny. really get a chance to be funny. Yeah, she's good, much, though. She finds beats where she yeah. can be funny, like when she stole the phone from a French yeah. woman. That was, hello, hello, uh, she'll call you back. She has yeah. this sort of frantic Catherine O'Hara-ness to her. Um, and when she's with uh, John Candy, she gets a, to be a little bit funny, but never... Like she is in Beetlejuice, or in a way that's like, ah, uh, the best part of that movie, Cat Kate yeah. O'Hara over here. <laughs> um, you never get that that moment. Um, so I think it's I think it's kind of all over the place. I will say this about I know I'm sort of dominating this conversation, but I want to say this about Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I don't think he's horrible, but I will say he's definitely a lot better in scenes when he's with people, right? When like he's the able family to act. scenes, and, and I want to say for the record. Now, holding a movie up on your own is hard for any actor to right. do, let alone you know a seven or eight year old or however that's why, old like, people, he was. Even people that don't like Castaway are like, "That's pretty amazing." It's pretty amazing yeah. that he's pretty much on scene talking to a volleyball, and it's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's it's kind of you know to his credit, but it's also. There's a huge drop off I noticed this time watching when you know he's with Catherine O'Hara and he's he's kind of acting yeah maybe a little stiff for an eight year old actor but he's he's 
got sort of the tone of an eight-year-old being right. a brat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when everyone disappears, he's like, my family disappeared. Yeah, it gets very... And then he runs around. That yeah. stuff. And then the precociousness. And you can just... I mean, there was a really good scene when he sees Joe Pesci in the van. And Joe yeah. Pesci's like, you're going to get run over walking. You got to watch out for traffic. And he has a really eight-year-old response of an eight-year-old talking to an adult. And he's like, sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of cute. What did what did you think? Uh, I liked it. Uh, uh, I thought it held up a lot more than I. Re- I don't know, not more than I remembered. But we've been kind of you know stricken with the truth with most of these things that we right. watched. And uh, I thought it was it was pretty good. It held up for the most part. I mean, Macaulay Culkin's acting is pretty bad to me. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I've, I I agree. Like- I agree that there's a draw. There's a difference between when right. he's in the scene with other people when he's on it by himself he's a kid actor which is like that a is, different i want to I yeah, yeah. say that i will say that like when we're talking i'm t- i'm saying as far as like the movie without right. giving him any breaks because he's eight or whatever uh-huh. he was like by far the weakest link but when you okay but he's a kid actor and it's a kid's movie he was yeah. fine and he's really cute and he like does all the phrases and stuff like but and like, he's fucking adorable he's really cute yeah uh, you really don't need to hammer that home. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Should um, I stop talking about how adorable Macaulay Culkin is? <laughs> and uh, there's a few things, like the only things that like made me, you know, sometimes when you something's cheesy or weird and you watch, you like while you're watching it, you kind of cringe. <gasps> Your body's like trying to resist it. Like only no. like only like the nativity scene and then like a couple other things bugged me about that because we all know what the ending is. I think you and I probably both remembered every scene in that like. That fun, last fun part. house yeah, part sure. of it, um, even without watching it, because it's all very memorable. It's very uh, iconic, and it's slapstick and it's silly and it's stupid. Right, but it's 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 like you know live action Bugs Bunny, and it it didn't really. But it, I didn't think it was funny, but it didn't bug me. You know what I mean? Like it was like it only bugs me for I feel like the movie really made. A, yes, they would an, have been dead by the way. Right. <laughs> but I think the movie made a really big effort as we saw watching this of like explaining how a family could have left their kid rather yeah. than just sort of coming up with a madcap yeah. reason. They should sort of tried their best at least to come yeah. up with a real way that a real family could have forgotten their youngest kid. Uh, and so it seems weird then that they they have this realistic beginning or somewhat realistic beginning and then this crazy like cartoon ending and it's yeah. like there's no way to like make this into a coherent tone like I just feel like it's all over the place um, and I just feel like I think we both identified like a lot of filler yeah. I mean even the parts that work they work sort of in their own place right like old yeah. man Marley works as a little short film about old man Marley, right. but he doesn't make any sense in the rest of the movie, especially because he works as sort of this like the, other than ah, being the, I'm the the secret weapon. He's got to be the like, it also sex. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's got to be the Deus Ex. Yeah, he like later. hits them with a snow shovel. I mean, they are superhuman beings. <laughs> They are some sort of master race of people that can take 30-pound paint cans to the face. That's um, true. I guess I didn't know the because there was like more madcap stuff that I had forgotten about, like the sliding on the ice 
Yeah. And like uh, the nativity scene and stuff. Like that's kind of in line with the funhouse stuff. We just didn't like that stuff. Right. I well, think, I guess, I guess it and does. And like the floating faces yeah. when he remembers his sure. family. And then like the, the weird one time voiceover when he like wishes that his family would go away. Yeah. There is a couple of things that were kind of cartoonish like that. They were just sprinkled as opposed uh, to like at yeah. the end when it's all in your face. But sprinkled among like other like semi-realistic yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. And so it keeps like jerking you back and forth, I think. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I would also say that with kid actors, I feel like we had the period where they were just sort of really cute and that's all they had to be. Right. Like, just say your lines. That's fine. I'm not going to boss you around, little kid. And then I think we got to the Haley Joel Osment level, which was they're acting really well, but they're acting like adults. They're not acting like children. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're finally coming around to kids acting like kids in movies. Yeah. But I can't think of any examples, so... Blank that check. Argue- blank check. What I'm saying is a blank check <laughs> and baby's day out. <laughs> um, they... I don't know. I felt like like I, I, w- I would give their uh, their covering their tracks because you know in the first half of the show I was talking about how it was how did this happen? No right. matter what you say, they did. I, I'm giving an A plus job on covering their bases. Now, like, could this as far as like could this really happen in the real world? Like, I don't care about that. You need to. Just, I mean, it's a lot of coincidences yeah, happening. You at need once. to justify it in movie world, and I think they did that. I think they did a good job of like, oh, they threw his ticket away. Oh, he was mm. sleeping upstairs. Oh, Fuller wasn't with him anymore. Oh, the power went out. Mm. Oh, the cops came, but he didn't answer. All that stuff. Like they, they all oh, you need. His in family a, only exists in his. All head. I want in a movie is for you to give me a sentence, like so that if there's a gaping plot hole, right. and then you say, "Oh, the power was out," you know, like yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. You acknowledge that, thank in, you. It's in this kind of movie, if it's like sure. you know a documentary, of course that doesn't work, but like or like you know something more seriously toned. And the McAllisters forgot their child because the power was out or something. Moving or on, something. <laughs> Ken Burns's The McAllisters. <laughs> I would say I would kind of agree. I think what you were saying was I kind of, when we did the introduction, I kind of expected this to be pretty bad. Yeah. And it was not that bad. Yeah. I don't know if I would want to reintegrate it into my Christmas traditions, though, either. I did yeah. chuckle at a few points, but I never was like, yeah. I don't have, like, the, the desire to, like, immediately, like, watch this again mm-hmm. or, you know, watch it next year. But I also, like, if your kids... Like, wanted to watch it. I think it would be a cool one. Like, obviously, you need to explain If your to kids want to learn that people uh, will never die, that's a great movie But you and them. I never tried to blow, watch this and then blow towards somebody's head. Like, most... You don't know what I've done. Oh, my God. Where I've been. Oh, my God. You're the... My classroom was the streets. Specifically, the streets of suburban Chicago. <laughs> Um, also, one thing I wanted to note, because I did not know this and uh, immediately noticed that the music was pretty good. <laughs> and you thought it was creepy, but I thought it was just like really good. And then, of course, later, there's, it gets a little bit cheesy in the middle with yeah. like, like some drum stuff. But what? But uh, it was John Williams, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of every movie of every score movie you've ever score loved. You remember. Um, and so that was like, oh, this is more legit than I thought. And I thought right. the direction was pretty good. I mean, it was madcap. It was like, you know silly at po- at points but i thought it was uh you know appropriate for the tone they were trying to achieve i i didn't see as much of the disjointedness i think as you did but uh, yeah I, I i i think that's true yeah <laughs> i think you did not see that. i, I did, did like some of the direction at the beginning i think was was good there was some great shots 
of Kevin's perspective and then versus the person he's talking to. So it would be like up and down, up and down. So Buzz looking down on him and then him looking up at Buzz. Yeah. Um, There were some clever things. But then I noticed later that sort of stopped and was like, ah, we did that artsy fartsy shit. They did that at the end when he is uh, in the basement and the wet bandits catch him. Oh, yeah, that's true. The angles again. Um, But yeah, my thing is like with, and one of the things that we discover with this is like there's people that make things for children and that's a cop out to do something bad. And as we've learned, like, you know, sure. The Pixar generation is like the people that who are like, stop, put an end to that. At right. least like not, not that it never happens, but there's no reason to do that. You can make something that is really good. That still appeals to children. That has bright colors and like all that Shrek kind of stuff. forever after. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've never seen that one. Is that the third or fourth? I one? think that's the fourth one. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> we did see the first one. The, other the first day, one's good. And it's good. The second one's all right. Yeah. The third one I could I think I watched the first ten minutes. No, I'm thinking of Robocop. That's, <laughs> That's it. Those are all great. well, I mean I guess I guess my thing is and I think the last thirty minutes are for kids and the yeah. rest of the movie is not for kids, I would say. Yeah, they didn't throw a like there was a, a couple of mad, the madcap. That's why I mean by but... disjointed, like, do you think a kid would be that invested in like, you know, a mom wanting to get home to her son? They must have had enough because and an old man. M- and not talking to his son. Myself and like a shitload of kids love this movie. So there, there must have been enough right. in there. But because possibly- the last thing you remember is the 30 minutes when everything's going a crazy. Right. A crazy. A crazy. But, you, you know, I think because the main character was exactly our age or really right. close. That's a lot of the relating to like, what would I do? Because he does do a lot of things that a kid would do. Like, you know, just eating ice cream, watching movies you want to watch. Maybe not black and white movies. <laughs> black and white gangster, gangster movie. movies. And middle, middle, middle earth on 34th Street. Being scared of the basement. I was terrified of my basement. The uh, basement parts were fun. And I liked the part where he was like, shut up to the, yeah. to the furnace. My dad had a mask that he found when he was hiking in his like 20s or 30s. And he had it hanging up in his hearth. A mask? Like a mask. Like a, a like a a plaster mask it was like kind of made of stone or something he they like were hiking and they just found it some it was terrible it was like some art student oh, right. uh-huh. um, but he thought it was cool and so he kept it and it just was hanging over like the mantle in his uh, uh like the den where he would like have his little office mm-hmm. and so whenever i went into the office i just like it was terrifying. <laughs> I would always walk by and then I'd look at it and the mask was like staring down at me. I was terrified of that thing. My grandparents had a memorial portrait of a relative that no one remembers. But it was one of those, it was a painting and it was this baby in a little suit. Oh. An old timey suit. And he had the clouds around him. I mean, like in that portraiture <laughs> yeah. way. So, you know, this person was dead when they painted this. Right. But, and because he's a baby, he, his head looks like a baby, but he's dressed like an adult. He's wearing a little <laughs> blazer and a little like bow tie thing. I mean, he's, he's probably from the 1800s, but that thing fucking creeped me out <laughs> because his eyes just followed you wherever you went. And it was so startling because it was baby-faced old man and i'm like ha, 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 ha. but it was in my mom when we would stay at my grandma's that it was in the room my mom would stay in and i remember when i would like when she would you know be getting ready or whatever i would see it i was like oh my god it's that painting again with that painting um so i can understand like some of the the kid elements like that. like a baby uh, danny devito is what it looked like <laughs> Um, okay, so verdict. My inner child was not an idiot, but I don't think this movie's that. Here's what I will say. Here's what I've, I figured out what I wanted to say. Here's my thing, like with Dane Cook. 
I don't think Dane Cook is a bad comedian. Yeah. But I don't think when Dane Cook was at his height, that's when it annoyed me because I'm like, he's not that good of a comedian. Right. This movie was number one for 12 weeks. Right. This movie, I think, was the 10th most grossing movie of all time for a period. Mm-hmm. It's not that good of a movie. <laughs> That's fair enough, but you know, you your inner child doesn't have to bear the weight of the <laughs> entire movie going I'm just public. saying, like... It's not that good of a movie. We don't have to treat it like it's sacrosanct. You only remember the last 30 minutes of this movie. <laughs> it's not that good of a movie. But I will not say my inner child was an idiot. Yeah, I agree. My inner child was not an idiot for, for liking it. I think it's pretty good. And I think, like I said, I wouldn't put it in my... Holi- not that I have really a holiday movie rotation, but I'm not going to put it in there. But, uh, you know, if you had you know, somebody that was like, oh, let's watch Home Alone, it's, it's fine. It's, it's yeah. fine to watch. Yeah. It's, and uh, I think uh, kids will enjoy it still to this day. Uh, yeah. You know, they might be like, what are these pay phones that they're... Um, right. Why won't someone just call Kevin's cell phone that he, his, his mother gave him for emergencies? Yeah. Just call your neighbor's cell phones. <laughs> I don't have my neighbor's cell phones, though. I mean, <laughs> in the McAllister's defense, I don't know what no. Rick's number is. What do you think, listener? <laughs> Email us at... I can't not laugh. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can find us on Tumblr. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Yeah. You know what we're called. You've already downloaded it to your thing. It's true. Just look at that and then search for that in the things. You can find DJ at djphillipsmusic.org.com nope. slash co.uk. And you can find me at duckworthcomicbits.limo.nz for New Zealand. Thank you, everyone. Good night. <laughs>